Welcome to the Iron Self Podcast, where we jump into health, fitness, mindset, and becoming the best version of yourself. Today with your hosts, Mike and Kayla Minion. Welcome back to the Iron Self Podcast. On today's episode, we welcome Krista Nicholson. Krista is an executive director for Rustic Affairs Consulting, a self-improvement company that creates spaces and events for individuals to be inspired and empowered in their lives and make a difference for those around them. Krista is a teacher, a conference host, a podcast host, and a woman's entrepreneur. We can't wait to pick her brain for all of her expertise. Welcome, Krista. Welcome back to the Iron Self Podcast. Today we have Krista Nicholson. She's here to talk to us all about rising to the challenge. I think that this is such a great topic uh, because we all experience challenges in our lives. 100%. Krista, lead us off. Awesome. Well, very nice. Thank you very much for having me. I uh, A little bit about myself. I'm the owner of a self-improvement company called Rustic Fair, and we focus on helping to inspire and empower individuals to become the very best version of themselves. And uh, one of the things that I like to talk about, yet, yeah, like you had mentioned, is rising to meet the challenge. And I think there's kind of like six things that are really important around that. And um, so, yeah, I can definitely dive a little bit deeper into that if you're interested. I love it. I love pillars. It's like, oh, we have the pillars that we have to get through. The steps <laughs> to success. Oh, yeah. yes. So I'm, yes. I'm going to assume you've adopted these from rising to your own challenges in life. Would you agree? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. These are the things that I've learned over, particularly I'd say in the last five years or so. Um, gone through a variety of different challenges in my life, on my personal life and professional life. And so, yeah, these are definitely things that I have, uh, uh, have kind of learned and I'm sharing with you. I love that you can take the gold nuggets out of your own experiences so that people can learn from them because I'm one of those people, I watch other people and I'm like, ooh, okay, they did that, I'm not doing that. <laughs> I, I think that's, it, it comes with that richness of experience too where you have these, you know, you go through all these experiences in your life and the, yeah, like Kayla said, the golden nuggets, the little things that you draw from each different scenario where it's like, okay, lesson learned, here we go. <laughs> Absolutely. And I always find that to be so important, so... Absolutely. Well, the first one that I think is we really have to look at challenges as learning opportunities. I think often we find that hardships are something negative happening to us, but really we have to look at those as being um, a learning challenge and they're actually positive totally. and learning opportunities. I mean like you said, there it is a learning opportunity, and I think that that's really, really critical. Uh, lots of people kind of they they glaze over it, right? And or they say, "We what is the saying that we always say?" Fail forward. There we go. So a lot a lot of people hit a failure, or they they hit a hiccup in their life, and it's just not running exactly, you know, perfectly smooth, and they almost give up. They're like, "Oh, I, you know, I've I've failed, so I can't keep going." When you know, if you have that the the growth mindset, then you can be able to be like, "Okay, no, I can actually draw lessons from this," and then continue to improve and you know next time I try this I'm going to succeed I'm going to knock that out of the park right mm -hmm. absolutely and what is this situation trying to teach us because you know something it, it could be as simple as something like the timing isn't right or that um that it's something so difficult like maybe it's an unhealed trauma too looking at those and really being one of the biggest pieces there is really having to be you have to train your brain and your mindset to see that opportunity though because it's tough People right away naturally dwell on the negatives of those situations. 
and their yeah, thought processes are stubborn. Well, life is happening for us, not to us. And I think that that's where a lot of people get stuck is the poor me mentality where it's like, oh my goodness, why am I going through this? And not like, what is this teaching me? What can I learn from this? And how can I grow forward from this? Because I, I truly believe that life doesn't throw you things that you can't handle. Well, we've talked about Absolutely. this so many times. Is like there's there's that inner critic. Everybody has an inner critic, and it's there for a reason. That is there for the base level of survival. But the ability to take a look at what that inner critic is saying and be able to switch that story. So it's like, okay, I'm not going to dwell on these these negative emotions. I'm not going to become these negative emotions. I'm going to use this, be mindful of it, you know, observe that, and then move forward from there. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, and one of my biggest pieces of advice there is just really being intentional about that and knowing and, and looking at that. Because, yeah, it's, it's, if I, I believe you tell yourself something long enough, you begin to believe it. Like there's that old saying that says it. And if you're intentional about changing your thought processes around when challenges happen to you, um, that is so important. And they also say something like 90% of the thoughts that you have in one day, you repeat the next day. Mm. So if you're positive, yeah, isn't that amazing to think that the thoughts that you had in one day, 90% of them are the same ones that you're having the following day. So being really intentional around changing those negative thought patterns is super important. Well, and that that goes to prove like that, that whole cyclical thought process, right? Where people become what they think all the time, all the time. So it's, you know, these are the people that get stuck in patterns instead of being able to change. It's like, well, no, I can just repeat the same thing. Like you said, 90% of the time the next day, if we don't change that one thing, then we're not going to be able to grow from that. I feel like I have a lot of really good cliche quotes for this. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. I try to prevent myself from actually writing them down. Because I just feel like they just, they, it's all, uh, there's all those cliches that are like, that you, that you think and you're like, okay, but that's not true, but it is true, right? Like that you are what you think, you are what you eat, you are exactly what you believe you are, whether you believe you can or can't. You, today you are are an accumulation of everything you've done in your life up to this point. That is where you are today for everybody. Absolutely. (laughs) There's our bombardment of cliche quotes. (laughs) Okay, there you go. Definitely. Well, and, and then I think that too brings me to my next, my next topic, the idea of being kind to yourself because we all make mistakes, right? And I think this is so important with your being kind to yourself because you are such an important person, right? And being kind to yourself is so critical, but too often, and we were talking about that inner critic earlier, too often we're so hard on ourselves for everything, whether we're eating too much, we're not eating enough, uh, I'm being a good parent, I'm not being a good parent, I've had enough sleep, I haven't. It's very, uh, it's very easy to get caught up in that whole process of being unkind to yourself. And we need to really focus on being kind. Because you know what, we, we're not perfect, we do do make mistakes. 100%. Yeah, no, that's that, that's that self-compassion piece, right? Being able to, being able to love yourself unconditionally. You know, everybody talks about being able to love their child unconditionally. And everybody understands that. And they're like, 100%. You know, I, I love my kid. There are no conditions on that. That is, that is the, the true meaning of unconditional love. But they can't have it for themselves. Or they, they're not, 
they, they will love themselves when, or they love themselves if. There's always those, those stipulations. There's always those talking points that have to be accomplished before you can truly love yourself. And I think that's absolute bullshit. I mean, I think that a lot of us come into this world is like, if I berate myself enough, eventually I'm going to be perfect. Right? If I just critique the crap out of myself, I will hit full perfectionism and everybody's going to love me and it's going to be amazing and I'm going to love myself and I'm going to hit enlightenment, essentially. It's what, what's going to happen. Buddha. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but I think that that's what people believe is like that's going to be what takes place. And it's like, no. Like, you critique the crap out of yourself, guess what? You learn helplessness. Yeah. Guess what? You lower your own self-esteem. You lower your own value. You lower your vibration. Like, you're not lifting yourself up by critiquing the crap out of yourself. You're pushing yourself down. I mean, I think the child psychology specifically states that if you critique a child long enough, the child learns to become helpless. Absolutely. I mean, I mean you've heard the, the elephant story, right? No, but you're going to tell me. Bill loves her elephant story. I love the elephant story because it's so good because it fits with, with, with the learned helplessness. Okay, so look, there's a baby elephant, and if you take a rope and you tie that baby elephant to a tree, that ba baby elephant will struggle and struggle and try and get away from the tree. Eventually, he'll learn he can't get away from that tree. So he will stand there, and he will wait for his master to come back. That elephant grows and grows and grows, and he becomes a great big elephant, a ginormous elephant. And you tie that same elephant to that same tree or a different tree to a tree. And eventually that elephant, that elephant doesn't struggle. Why? Because from childhood, he learned to be helpless. He learned that he didn't have the power to get away from that tree. Even though you and I know that that giant elephant could crush that tree, could rip that rope in half, could tear away no problem. That elephant does not believe that he can. And that is learned helplessness at its very basic fundamental standpoint. And I think that that's something that we don't understand sometimes. It's like when you're putting children down, you're teaching them that learned helplessness. Absolutely. Yeah. I completely and That's where that kindness comes in. And it's like yes. you said, it's not just kindness for others. It's kindness for self. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Everything else to start with self. If you can't, if you can't love yourself, you're never going to love anybody else fully either. Absolutely. So true. So true. Yeah, no. And I think that kind of goes on to my next thing too, is just be careful. We were talking earlier about being careful about what you put into your body. And I'm not talking about just food in particular, your diet and the things that you listen to, the people that you surround yourself with, uh, you know, the things, yes, of course, how you move your body, all of those kind of things. It's so important. You have to really choose wisely in regards to that because that leads to many parts of yourself. It's not just the food you digest, it's everything in the world around you that you digest. There's a reason I don't watch scary movies, okay? Because she's a baby. <laughs> because I'm a baby, yeah. <laughs> but, but I don't want that crap in my life. I don't need that in my knowledge. I mean, I have a hard enough time sometimes sleeping just with my mind being wild and excited, let alone my mind being wild, excited, and terrified. Like, I just, Absolutely. I don't need to add that to my repertoire. I don't need to see that kind of garbage. So for me, that, sorry, that is my belief on scary movies, they're garbage. But <laughs> I just don't want to, I don't like to feel scared. I want to feel happy and uplifted. But to your point, it, it is true. It's everything that we digest in our day-to-day -day life, right? It's it can't just be the food that we talk about. It's it's what you see. It's what you it's what you believe. It's what you read. It's what you view on a TV. Like, 
Man, we just turned our TV off because it's so negative all the time. <laughs> well, and you are the sum of the five people that you surround yourself with. So who are the five most common people that you surround yourself with? I mean, i got to speak outside of, like, my children, essentially, right? Because they take up three spots of course, on but the Dora might count. Dora might count. Hey, well, in some cultures, yeah, definitely. It just might. <laughs> yeah, but it's like, it, it is. It's like, who are you spending your time with? And that could be time with the people online. That could be like anything. So good. So good. Keep going. <laughs> Absolutely. No, we're no problem. Well, another thing that I really, uh, as far as re rising to meet the challenge, looking at accepting responsibility. So sure, we can talk about all of this stuff where, you know, be careful what you put into your body, um, you know, be kind to yourself. We all make mistakes. But at the end of the day, too, you also need to accept responsibility for the things that you do. Mm -hmm. uh, your actions, you always have a choice. And I know on one of your podcasts, you had talked about choice and, and how important or not maybe one of your podcasts, but one of your Facebook posts talking about choice and very much about you always have a choice in regards. Lots of times people don't think that they do, but actually they do. The base level, everybody gets to choose their own life. It's like those choose your own adventure books. I, I use that as a reference yesterday with one of my clients. We were talking about goal setting. And I was yeah. like, this is the beautiful thing about goal setting. We get to do this. It's like a, it's like a choose your own adventure book, right? Like where do we want to go next? We've already we've already crushed the goals that you set three months ago, knocked them out of the park. So what's next? <laughs> and the look on her face was like, I don't know right now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you definitely always have a choice for sure. Well, I'm obsessed with the word choice because I think that so many of us don't believe that we have a choice sometimes. And, I th and so I get really, really obsessed with that. But I also want to go back to the point that you kind of made and then we brushed over a little bit with accepting that responsibility. Mm -hmm. And because that's powerful, right? We need to accept the things that we've done. And, you know, for example, if you eat, you know, five pieces of candy out of the candy bowl rather than sitting there going, and I'm talking because it's Halloween, right? Um, but I'm if you eat those, you know, five or 10 pieces and you look down on all those wrappers and you're like, oh my gosh, I ate all those wrappers, rather than ber berating yourself for it, looking at it, accepting it, I ate them. They were delicious on. and move on. Yeah, too many people get caught up in that, right? They they see something they did as bad. They, they put a label on it, right? They're like, yep. I did this and it was bad. And it's like, okay. Maybe it doesn't fit your goals perfectly, but you made that choice. So yep. live with it, move on from it, well, right? Too many people get stuck in that, I oh, am bad absolutely. because I did bad. It's like, no, that's bullshit. You're, you're telling yourself a story that you're a bad person because you made one bad choice. Move well, on. And then when, go ahead. No, you go ahead. All I was going to say is then you tend to continue on with that. So then you just keep, you're like, well... My day's already screwed, so let's just keep going. And then you just keep making more and more poor choices as the day goes on, right? That snowball effect, right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. But also acknowledging the fact that you made that choice for a reason, right? So whether it was a, not maybe the reason that you wanted to make the choice for, for being on your goals or whatever, but maybe there was a psychological component. Maybe you were looking for something, an emotion out of it. Maybe you were seeking, um, you know, uh, something else out of that. So acknowledging too, I'm going to say the good, the bad, and the ugly. Acknowledging too, the good part of that. What, what purpose did it serve? You know what? I felt really a little bit better while I was eating it because I really wanted that chocolate. I'm just going back to that it, same it, analogy. It could be physiological too. 
too. We had yeah. Eleanor Dooley on here on our podcast not too long ago, and she was talking about you know when pe- sometimes when people eat chocolate, it's it's actually because they're low in magnesium and chocolate is high in magnesium. She's like, so don't beat yourself up because you might be deficient in a mineral. Like it, that's true. That's true. Lot. That's true. Be kind to yourself. We all make mistakes, and if that is true as far as the magnesium, then I am very deficient in magnesium because <laughs> I eat a lot of chocolate. Uh, but but this is it you you get to do that right this this is a choice it's not like that defines who you are that just is a choice that you have made mm-hmm. well Absolutely. and i think even children teenagers everybody under, needs to understand that they they have that choice and uh like going back to like my childhood i had to i had some issues at home i moved out of my house for a while and when I went through a bunch of therapy with uh, my parent and a counselor and I had to, I was mandated to go back home and I didn't want to go back home. And I was probably what, 13 or so, 12 or 13. And I really didn't want to go back home and I didn't want to be there. And my counselor said to me, if you don't want to be there, then don't, but you have to live there. And I was like, oh, and I think that that started my perpetual like light bulb. Yeah, it was a light bulb moment for me. I was like, okay, I can be here, but I don't have to be here. And that was a choice of mine. I got to choose that. I was told because of regulations I had to be there, but that I had the choice to not be there. So I made myself busy. I got two jobs. I was, you know, I was out with my friends. I was there for meals. I was there to sleep, but I wasn't there. And that actually, I think, has spurred my perpetual busyness through the rest of my life because I just like to be what? on the go. <laughs> but that was a choice. And I, I just want to go back to that. It was like as a teenager, that was a choice. And sometimes when we feel that we're powerless and we don't have choices, that just that one person saying, no, 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 there is a choice in the gray area there, that can mm-hmm. be powerful because I truly didn't believe I had a choice. We do an exercise with a lot of our clients. It's called the four crazy questions. And it's great because it really... You play devil's advocate with yourself, right? So then you get to see, you know, both sides of the paradigm and where where you're going to land. I think that'll actually be a good one to put in the show notes. I'll put it in the show notes. Krista, have you ever done the the four crazy questions? No. No. Okay, so it's a precision nutrition um, exercise that we've done uh, through, through my coaching practice. So the very first question that you ask yourself is, what's good about changing? And right. And so like, let's, let's pretend we're going to enter on a health journey and it's like, okay, well, what's good about changing? Well, I might have more energy. I might improve my body composition. I might, you know, be able to keep up with my kids, whatever it is. Okay. Mm -hmm. Then what, what's bad about changing? Well, then I have to change. I have to be uncomfortable. I have to learn something new. I don't have time to learn something new. There's, there's, you know, the, the emotions that get tied to that. I might actually have to cook my meals versus just (laughs) like. Yeah. Well, and you have to unlearn things too, right? In right. order to, and that's also can be a process of being very uncomfortable. It becomes uncomfortable because your brain doesn't like change. Yeah. So <clears throat> then, okay, so what's good about change? What's bad about change? What's good about not changing? Yeah, if I were to stay the same, what would be good about that? You get to be comfortable. <laughs> it's easy. I already know it. It's familiar. I can continue on the path. Mm-hmm. What's bad about not changing? Yeah. So what is it holding you back from? Right? It's a mm-hmm. great exercise to do. We will put it in the show notes today just because I, I think it's such a powerful exercise. And yeah, <laughs> sorry. Well, definitely give you something to think about. A lot. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's just review your pillars that we've gone over so far. So okay. pillar number one is? Pillar number one is definitely looking at challenges as learning opportunities. 
really looking at that. Okay. Number two is being kind to yourself because we all make mistakes. Love yourself. Yeah. Number three is accepting responsibility for your actions. You always have a choice. Uh, number four is be careful about what you put into your body and not just food. So what is your, I call it like my life diet. What is my life diet look like? Mm -hmm. And number five is all good things take time. Ooh, so lots that. of times everything seems so instant. Everybody wants instant results. They want that instant body. They want that instant relationship. Uh, they want that rise to the top in their careers, all of those kind of things. They want their friendships, all of that. And they want it now, not later. Yeah. And the thing is, all good things take time. Whether you're healing from relationships, whether you're trying to work up the corporate ladder, whether you're trying to build a friendship, any of those kind of things, they all take time. And you have to recognize that fact and give yourself grace and give yourself the time in order for those because what comes at the end um, when you're actually is much more worthwhile when you give it time and the space that it needs to develop in the correct the correct way. So, yeah. the satisfaction, right? If you just get given something, then you don't really appreciate it as much. You don't really care for it as much. I mean, when, if you look at like, say, even just like having clientele, right? If I charge somebody $1 for something, their buy-in is next to none. Yeah. Right. Because they didn't, they didn't have a lot of skin in the game. So you have to kind of sometimes put the money up a little bit because now you have more skin in the game. You have more buy-in, yeah. right? It's, it goes the, the same way with other aspects of your life. The more buy-in you have, the more that you're willing to put forward, at the end, you're just going to feel better about it. Well, I, I always say anything worth having is worth working for, right? Not, nothing comes easy if it's worth having. If, it, yeah. if something comes super easy, it's, it, you know, it's, it's one of those things where anybody could get it. Anybody could have it right now. If it's something that actually takes skill, time, and ability to acquire, then it's going to take time to get there. You're not going to have that tomorrow, regardless of what it is, unless you win the friggin' lottery. You know what I mean? Like, if, if I'm just talking about monetary, that's that's the only one where it's like, hey, a one-off happened and all of a sudden I, I did amazing. It's like, okay, that that's literally a one in however many chance that that might happen. Sure. But outside sure. of that, anything worth having, you got to fucking work for. Sorry. Oh, for <laughs> sure. Well, and I'd be surprised, even if people were to win the lottery, like they say people uh, on average, I think like one in three lottery winners actually become bankrupt. Yeah, within the first In few the long years. term, because they said what happens is it's one of those things like, sure, that monetary value, that's a great thing. It's a blessing, you bet. Uh, I mean, the chances are astronomical of you actually winning. But the, the part of the point that I'm getting to is that it, because it was instant, they didn't yeah. work for it. They don't have that same appreciation. It's just like, it's just money. Well, and, and on top of that, I think it comes back to something that we always preach about is they didn't learn any new habits. They have the same habits that were keeping them broke to begin with. And then yeah. they just got a bunch of money. So now they don't know how to save. They don't know how to invest. They don't know how to be responsible with their spending. So all of a sudden they just have a buttload of money. And then it's like, oh, I can spend it on everything. And it's like, I'm buying businesses. I'm buying houses. I'm buying all of that. And then pretty soon the money runs out and you're like, okay, now how do I pay for all this stuff? Yeah. Right. And that's, I think that 
I like that analogy, and I think we can come back to dieting too. Yeah, right? well, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> if you don't learn anything, then you're not going to get ahead. I mean, okay, so we'll use an example. I know somebody very close to me that went on a rapid uh, journey of weight loss through a certain company, lost a ton of weight in about two months. Lost like 100 pounds. Yeah. Unhealthy. Um, skin was very saggy. It was, yeah. there was a lot going on. Um, and didn't learn any new habits. Didn't learn any new habits. So even on the refeed plan to start rebuilding the metabolism, wasn't taught any, what I'm going to call skills. Like, how do I prepare my food? Uh, how do I tap into my hunger and cues, un cues and, understa and, and understanding what my body is telling me? How do I understand if my body um, resonates with a food or not? Like if a food is good for my digestion or not so good, right? Just because broccoli is healthy doesn't mean that your guts can digest it the same way that mine can. Right? So starting to learn these other cues and then also understanding, okay, well, what are these healthy behaviors? Like, how do I food prep? How do I make good decisions while I'm out and about in public? How do I make good decisions at restaurants? So this person didn't learn any of these skills and habits and behaviors. Well, what do you think happened? They just started going back to old ways of doing things eating similar routines, eating, and eating then, in similar yep, manners. regaining right back into that cycle for sure. And if you work for it, yeah, definitely. So like yeah, I said, all that, great things take time. Yeah, speaks, speaks beautifully to your point, right? If this person had learned proper dietary habits, what works for them, and actually put the time and the effort in, might have taken longer to lose the weight, but I guarantee that weight wouldn't have came back on that way. No. Mm -hmm. And this, this comes back to exactly what you're saying is that you need to learn the skills to be able to build on success. 100%. Beautiful. Absolutely. I love it. Absolutely. And the sixth thing that I really like to talk about is celebrating the small wins. I think sometimes we don't give ourselves enough credit for the small things that happen in our lives. And, um, you know, small wins as far as even like you were mentioning earlier about even just sleeping in a little bit. And, I, you know, you might not consider that a small win, but you know what? Your body needed extra rest. That is in itself a small win. And we have to celebrate those more because sometimes we think, oh, it has to be, we have to push ourselves to these astronomical huge goals and then they become actually unattainable because they're so out there. If we just look at the small increments as that we work towards them, that is powerful in itself, celebrating those small wins. If you're ready to make a change in your life, step into the best version of you, check out our Iron Self Transformation Program. Find more info on our website, www.ironbodycoach.com. I, I love it because it's what we always preach to our clients because if we set these big goals and then we're working towards them and we don't celebrate any of the wins on the way to this goal, then we lose momentum, right? If we set these micro goals or these action steps where we're like, these are the action steps that are going to get me to this, to my big goal, to 30 pounds of weight loss, whatever it is. But if we're not celebrating on the way up this ladder, we're going to lose momentum. But if, if, if at every single time we can, we celebrate, then it's, it gives us more momentum. It builds that success. It builds that, that inner dialogue with the person that's like, oh my God, I am doing this. I didn't think I could, but looking at everything I've done so far... I'm doing amazing. And That's I was, great. I, I like to say it. I'm like, the, I'm the biggest cheerleader. Cause if, if people have successes, I don't care if you're my best friend or somebody I just met, if you are successful, I will be there cheering for you the whole way. And everybody laughs. Cause I'm always the guy that's just smiling at everybody. <laughs>
No, that's perfect. No, accomplishing those small goals, they add up to big changes, right? And big gains. So like I'll use an example of my something personal in my life. Uh, I had a walking challenge for a little while and I thought, okay, well, I can do 100 kilometers. I can walk five kilometers a day. That's 20 days. I can fit 20 days. And I thought, well, I won't do it necessarily in a month. I did it over two months because I thought, well, I don't know. I mean, five kilometers a day doesn't seem like a lot, but... It, it was enough for me and I was able to do it in two months. Then I'm like, well, then I'm going to do 500 kilometers. So then yeah. I did 500 kilometers and then, it w but it was easy because I already knew I had that small win that I could do a hundred. And then I knew that, you know, another hundred and then, then I was doing 120 like in a month yeah. and I was able to surpass past that. So yeah. It's those small That's wins. That's building that confidence, right? Yeah. That builds your confidence. Like Mike said, the momentum. But it, it's that drive, that motivation to keep going, right? When you're seeing that success, and then it's it, you want to do more. Yeah. You want to be more, right? Like it's like a child. If you kind of nurture them and you allow them to be successful on their own, and they're like, "Oh, I'm really good at this." Mm -hmm. Oh, and then they just want to keep going back to it because they're getting that validation. Well, and I, th I think it's so important too, like like you said, celebrating those small wins because everybody's going to have an off day. I'm not going to call it a bad day because I think bad days are bullshit. Yeah. You might have a bad moment in a day, but it doesn't define your whole day. So everybody's going to have these, these low moments at some point, right? So being able to look back and being able to say, well, I've already celebrated a win because like, like you said, I, I hit 100 kilometers last month. Okay, great. So... Uh, you know, I might have an off day, I might not be able to go for my walk that day, but I've already had these successes, and I know I'm going to continue to be successful. I'm just having an off day, and that's okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that being so kind bad. to yourself, right? It's 100%. so important. Yes. So, okay. So if we go back to the six pillars, do you have action steps or ways that you think people could start implementing them into mm. their lives? I love those. Yep, I definitely do. So a couple of things. Um, one of the points that I definitely uh, recommend is visualization. Now, lots mm. of people talk about uh, that, you know, they think that it's a little maybe woo-woo out there as far as visualization, but you know what? People don't give it enough credit. Really understanding what the end goal looks like for yourself and that. So a big piece of it is that visualization. Where do you want to be? What does that goal look like? And visualizing it on a regular, consistent basis is something that is so important. Going, this is what uh, my goals are for my life. What does it look like? And using an example from my personal life, very much like, okay, well, I, uh, I know this might sound a little materialistic, but looking at Okay, I wanted a house, I wanted a good job, all of those kind of things. I had to visualize what were the steps that I needed in order to accomplish to get those things. And because that was important for me to be able to support my family and all of that. So that uh, visualization was a huge, a huge piece of that. And, and visualization as far as even just literally closing your eyes and thinking about it. Yeah. Well, and we talk with our visualization, when we're talking about visualization with our clients, it's always like... You need to be able to almost embody it, right? So what does it what does it feel like? What does it taste like? What does it smell like? What is you know not what is the emotion? Emotion, yeah. That that's what I meant by feel, right? That that felt sense. What does it actually feel like to hit these goals? Do you get those butterflies in your stomach? Do you feel nervous? Do you feel proud? Do you feel like you're you're open to the world? You know, heart center high, open to the world. Like 
it it's funny because that that visualization is so powerful. Like I don't know if you saw the the Last Dance. It's the the Chicago Bulls special they had on Netflix there. But they were talking about like Michael Jordan. Sorry, I'm I'm a sports guy. I love it. But, but Michael <laughs> Jordan okay. was like the king of visualization, right? Every yeah. every game before the game, he's sitting there just either like eyes closed or dribbling a ball or just sitting there visualizing this win, right? He's already got it in his head. He already knows he's getting 48 points that game because he's got it so well-tuned. He can feel the ball in his hand without the ball in his hand, right? It's that visualization. He can feel it. And that, that felt sense is so strong with visualization. Well, when we listened to that one podcast, it was a while ago, mind you, when we were driving. But um, the guy on there was talking about visual, visualization. And he was talking about he was training a boxer or MMA athlete. I can't remember. Oh, walking into the ring. Yep. Okay, there you go. <laughs> and he was visualizing walking into the ring, what it was going to look like, what it was going to sound like, and what it felt like when they announced him as a winner, right? Because let's when you define an emotion, scared, butterflies, you know, stomach and chest kind of situation feels exactly the same as like joy, as excitement, right? But you give it that definition that I am not scared. This is joy. This is excitement. This feeling it's is a exactly w. the same feeling, but you have to give it that definition. So when you visualize it and you define like, this is what it feels like to win. This is what it feels like to achieve this. And it doesn't have to be in the sports realm. Winning in life is winning, right? Visualize that win. Like you were saying, visualize that that house. Visualize the feeling of your family in this new environment, in this new house. Visualize the feeling of your first day walking in at a brand new job. You already know what you want to do, so go and do it in your mind first. And the big thing that you mentioned too is that you had that why. And that why was your driver, right? Like you wanted to provide for your family. If you didn't have that why, could you have visualized it as clear? Probably not, because that gives it that sense of purpose. 100%. And that sense of purpose is the key factor to anybody's success. If you do not have purpose in life or in a goal or anything like that, then you will not be successful no matter what you do because you don't have anything driving you. You need to have direction. And, like, I'm not a person to sit down and, like, visualize and meditate on it and, like, this is going to come to me. That's what I do. That's what he does. (laughs) That's his gem. That's not me. Um, I'm, like, get in, get out. So I like a vision board. I have it in the bathroom. It's there when I brush my teeth. It's there when I do my makeup. It, you know, like it. I, I, I look at it several times a day. And so while I'm brushing my teeth, I can look at one of the pictures or the words. She or normally looks at mine. I don't look at your <laughs> vision board. <laughs> anyways, if I do, I'm like comparing our visions. But anyways, so I'm like brushing my teeth, and I can look at this and like know where I am. And now I'm, all of a sudden, I'm brushing my teeth, and I'm looking out at the ocean. I'm not, you know, brushing my teeth and looking in the mirror. You know what I mean? So I can start to really bring that into my awareness. Okay, so action step one. Sorry, we always go on tangents. That's okay. I'm enjoying this. That's all good. No, (laughs) so action step one is definitely visualization. Yeah. Yeah. Number two, and as much as you might not do this, Kayla, is meditation and taking the time to meditate. That's my world. Oh, I do meditate. Oh, I you do meditate. Okay, sorry. I I was just going to say, I wasn't sure if that was something that you do or not. If you are close with Kayla and you talk to her about meditation, she will tell you that she has the hardest time hitting meditative states, true meditative states, just because she is the busybody. Her turning off the beautiful brain inside of this beautiful head <laughs> is really hard to do, and that's that's natural. That's really hard for a yeah. lot of people. But being able to take a step back and, you know, you see the thought come, but then you just let it go. 
I'm yeah. better with guided meditation. I was going to say that that's my suggestion is guided meditation. And, you know, just being able to have somebody give you those verbal cues that you need to be able to get you into that state. That is definitely very helpful. And the meditation piece for me is more about just creating space for myself and to just be. Um, that's really really helps as far as being able to rise to meet any kind of challenge because you can take that step and then be able to meet that challenge head on with some with meditation I find as well I always with with meditation one thing that I always find a lot of people have a hard time with especially when they're just starting is being able to quiet their mind because um, a lot of people are not comfortable in their own silence and this in I mean, I'm psychoanalyzing people here, but a lot of people that are really bad with that inner silence, they have some insecurities there. And yeah. and learning to find that comfort and discomfort is, is a pivotal moment when you learn to meditate because it is really learning that I'm okay. I'm safe in this place. And, you know, I don't have to have these bombardment of thoughts all the time. So being able to clear your mind of those, I focus on my breath. I don't, I don't do guided meditations. I meditate with with myself and my breath, and I love the silence. Because I have three small kids, and silence is a commodity. <laughs> <laughs> See, and I'm so, like, I'd like to define meditation, like, slightly different. Like, I, I can, I can sit and breathe for five minutes. Uh, if I do it at nighttime, I'm falling asleep. I'm telling you straight up now, it will happen. <laughs> um, but guided meditations usually keep me awake. If I go have a sauna, I will listen to, like, uh, frequencies, like, sound frequencies, like, hertz. Uh, and I can like close my eyes and I can breathe into that state. That's very, very helpful for me. Uh, but my main meditative state for me, I need to give my ego something to do. And this is one of those things is like when you can't get out of your head, it's usually your ego mind that can't get out of your way. Yeah, and so your ego requires a task, right? And so if you're trying to silence your brain, the ego's like, what the hell am I supposed to do? And so mm -hmm. I do yoga. And so when I go do yoga, if I have somebody guiding me through the practice or if I'm guiding myself through, my ego can concentrate on what the hell my body is doing and my mind can be free on my breath. And I think that too often we define meditation as the state where I have to sit and ohm and, you know, mm -hmm. be at, at mm -hmm. peace and at one, you know, You're right. I'm it floating. can look different for different people, yes. definitely. Yes, yeah. totally. So that's yeah, what I just sure. wanted to define that is that I, I meditate when I do yoga. Ah, there you go. Nothing wrong with that. The other, the other thing that I find is really important, and this goes to lots of the other pieces, is really looking at affirmations. And I know some people really, they don't believe in the power of this, but I think it goes back to that 90% of your thoughts are repeated day in and day out. Looking at, you have to create affirmations that work for yourself. And that, because when you tell yourself that over and over and over, you do begin to believe it. Yeah, I, I think I am statements are so powerful. So it, really embodying those those emotions, those those feelings of of self gratitude and self love and being able to wear them as an I am statement, because that that shifts the mindset a little bit. Right. It's that paradigm shift from, you know, I, I have or I want or whatever to I am. It, it, it is really powerful when you're writing an affirmation. Do you have a procedure that you do or do you have a way that you start it or, you know, kind of how do you do that? So I look at it as uh, what is my end goal? 
So is it about as far as particularly like, is it around self-love? Is it around health? Is it around? So I look at that first and then I create the affirmation from there. So for an example, for a long time, I often thought like growing up was very much about, um, you know, how to look a certain way and all that kind of stuff. And then you always try to make sure that you're, uh, you know, you're dressed you're nice, your hair is done nice, all that kind of stuff. And it's like, you know what? You're beautiful no matter what. And so that is something that I say all the time. And so it every morning in the mirror, that's something that I say every day, you are beautiful. And it's like, you know what? After a while, it's just so natural. Like it's just, yes, you know what? I am. And I don't have to have the makeup. I don't have to be dressed up. All of those kind of things. That was a unattainable goal that, or that was something unattainable for me. Not even necessarily a goal. That was just an expectation that I had placed on myself for the longest time. And so now that I've gotten older, it's very much like, nope, you know what? I'm good just the way I am. So totally. And you say it in the present tense. And I think that's key, right? That not I will, or I'm going to, or I'm going to try. Yeah. Wolf, right? So it's in that present tense and it's taking ownership for it here now, bring it into my life now, yeah. not later, not tomorrow, not 10 years from now. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, I, I, I love it. I, I absolutely love the I am statements. It's something that, you know, I write them down every day for myself. And they they really do change you. They, they make you embody something different. And that that's powerful, right? Those, those changes are powerful. <laughs> well, and it just gives, it also gives that statement of, you know what, you're, you're on the right track and you're doing things that you need to be doing in order to, like I said, rise to meet any kind of challenge. When you have affirmations, you meditate, you um, visualize that you're going to be doing that and looking through those kind of six steps that I kind of talked about and those pillars of how you can and you can meet any kind of challenge when you do those things. Wonderful, wonderful. Do you have any other action steps or was that all of our main action steps? That was my main action steps that I have. I love it. Okay, so pillar number one was refresh my memory. Okay, we need to look at challenges as learning opportunities. Learning opportunities. Learn okay. from your mistakes, people. Okay. Absolutely. Number Absolutely. Two. Number two is be kind to yourself. We all make mistakes. Yes. Love yourself. Number three. <laughs> Number three is be careful what you put into your body and not just food. Mm. Number four. Number four is accepting responsibility for your actions. Nice. And number, number five. five is all good things take time. Anything worth having takes time. And number six is celebrating the small wins. Celebrate the small wins. And then our action steps for all of those are visualize, meditate, and positive affirmations. affirmations. You bet. That's awesome. I love it. I love it. Because I think that these are all things that we glaze over sometimes. They're like, oh, I'm not going to do that. But if you just started doing that, you would actually fill your cup, right? We look at self-care sometimes as like, I have to have a bath or I have to do this, right? People We're, look at it as selfish and, too, and right? And it's selfish, right? Yeah, yeah. You got to get out of that mindset of, you know, yeah. being selfish is self-care because if you don't look after yourself, how the hell are you going to look out for anybody else? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. You have to be your number one priority. Yeah. yeah 
I love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much for taking the opportunity today to come on our show and share your pillars and share your action steps because I and think share your experiences and share your experiences. Yes, and I think that the listeners are going to get so much out of this. So, if somebody wanted to reach out and contact you, how would they get in contact with you? Okay. Well, uh, a variety of different ways. So, I have a website, of course, uh, www.rusticaffair.org. As well as you can find me on Instagram at Rustic Affair, uh, Rustic Affair underscore, Rustic underscore Affair at, at Instagram as well. So those are all great places. Wonderful. And, we will and you can find me on Facebook too. <laughs> we will definitely do that. We'll link it all through in the show notes so everybody can get in contact with you if they have any questions for you. Thank you so much. That was great. You're welcome. Well, thank you very much for having me. If you love today's episode, make sure you check out our website, www.ironbodycoach.com. If you want to get in touch with Krista, you can find her at www.rusticaffair.org. You can also find her at www.iamempoweredconference.com. Thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of your day.